Welcome in to the Maggie and Perloff show. Maggie, I think today we start the show with a little more positivity on DeMar Hamlin. Uh, there was a tweet over an hour ago from the Buffalo Bills. DeMar remains in the ICU in critical, co- critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight. He's expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. So we're getting reports from the hospital in Cincinnati that at least give us hope for right now. This was all right now anyone could ask for, yeah. right? That things appear to be trending in a positive direction. Obviously, the alternative would have been terrible. So yeah. the fact that he's still in critical condition in ICU, that's obviously not ideal. He's getting incredible care, and the fact that things are at least moving towards something more positive than you know where your mind went watching that game on Monday night, I mean, that that's incredible. I don't think anyone's saying, okay, you know, we can, you know, forget about DeMar Hamlin. No one's forgetting about him. He's still front and center on everybody's mind. But this is this is fantastic news. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, hope, you're looking for any glimmer of hope, right? Right. I remember on Monday night, I was kept on refreshing Twitter. I kept on refreshing ESPN.com, just hoping for some some sort of note from the team or from somebody close to his family that things were at least progressing in a way that was positive. So... This is hopeful. Again, you know, you and I both are being cautious, too, because obviously it's very serious. He's still in the ICU. But I'm really hoping just more positive notes, even small ones, keep coming along. Absolutely. And this was um, from earlier today. Jordan Rooney, who is a family friend and uh, marketing manager, agent uh, for DeMar Hamlin, was speaking. Emmanuel, we have this audio, right? Let's hear uh, from him. This is uh, courtesy of ESPN earlier today, giving an update on DeMar. Some reports last night that he was resuscitated twice. Uh, so I wanted to clarify, there was, was misspoke. Um, he, was, he was only resuscitated once. Um, outside of that, things have just been moving in, in the right direction, but there's not clarity at this point in terms of how long things are going to be, how long it's going to take, where things are going to go. So for the family, it's just a matter of seeing more positive signs and hopefully keep building on that. Wow. Great. And, you know, listen, nobody thought that you're going to snap your fingers and all of a sudden DeMar Hamlin is going to be walking out of the hospital and waving to everybody. You know, I I think our expectations, you know, were tempered, but this is fantastic just to show that it's moving in a positive direction. And, I think that that's the part of this story that still was hard to grapple with, which is we are so used to watching these violent games Mm. and these terrible collisions happen, and either they go to commercial break or you see a guy give a thumbs up and everybody cheers and, you know, chants their name as they're getting carted off, and then the show goes on. And that's what made this, obviously, so much more intensely scary. You never got the thumbs up. Instead, you got the look of Bill's players crying, which is the exact opposite of what we usually get, which is a quick outcome with some positivity right there on the field. Generally, that's what we get. There's been, obviously, outliers, but that never happened. So to get this is is feels extra, like extra special. Right. Can you imagine, too, and we're waiting for drips and drabs of news, what it's like inside the Bills facility today, they must be no. waiting. Or, or, And I also got the sense, too, around the NFL, I got that sense yesterday, that everybody's waiting for news. I don't think there's a, a flow of information that is getting, that's different from what's getting out there public. I think, to the media's credit, I think they're, you know, they're 
and the family's credit, they're trying to keep everybody as informed as they can. And I get the sense that the team doesn't know anymore, which sort of gets to, to your team, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. Maggie. And what happens from here? Because, you know, it is week 17. There's a lot that needs to happen before this season is over. How do they proceed and how does the NFL proceed? I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone knows. And I'm sure they have a lot of people who are working on this and we can talk about theories or what people think should happen. You know, I just wonder, bottom line this, Perloff, if you play for the Buffalo Bills, if you're Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs, can you say, I don't want to play this weekend against the Patriots? Is that an option? Because I feel like I'm hearing former players and current players say, we're human beings. Please keep that in mind. We do this dangerous, we, we play this dangerous sport, we do it for entertainment, we do it for the love of the game, but please keep us in mind that, you know, we're not superhuman and this underscores it in such a, a, a devastating and tragic way. Can they actually say, I don't want to play against Bill Belichick and the Patriots? Do you think that's an option? Of course, uh, 100%. If, if they had played, I think everybody would respect that. Now, what that would mean mechanically, I don't know. That's the big right. question. Would that be a forfeit in this? I mean, okay, but uh, in in the Maybe real world, it is. I don't know. In the real world, too. Listen, it was twenty twenty in the middle of the pandemic, and we forced all these players to go out there in the middle of COVID. So it's not like it's not like the fans and the NFL have a tradition of uh, counting their humanity that much. So listen, there's a lot of lot of shortcuts here. Um, but it, I okay, I understand what you're saying. But then the part of me, I'll be totally honest, is like. You know, you have a season. You're a, you're the number one seed or the number two seed in the AFC. If you sit out this game, when are you going to get it revved up to play in the playoffs? Because I'm sorry, but there's been an expectation all year that this is a Super Bowl team. So what do you do with that? It feels like, and I think you're a better person to answer that because you're a Bills fan, but that must be something they're weighing inside the building too is like, you know, wow, we have this great team and this great opportunity as well. I just think that's it's probably all on the back burner still. Like yeah. I, I'm thinking, how do you come into a meeting on Wednesday? So they're doing meetings today in the Buffalo Bills facility. We know that. They're not going to do any media availability. Totally understand that. But they're installing game plans for New England? Like that seems, at least from the outside, a million miles away from where the head and heart's of these players are now the bills I think are one specific thing right like I know that this has affected the entire league but I think the bills are a unique circumstance and obviously the Bengals too tangentially because they are the other part of this game it looks like from what the NFL said yesterday the rest of week 18 goes on so my question is can the Bills say we don't want to play? I, I think they could say that I yeah. bet it would be a forfeit but what about the rest of the NFL it looks like the the sort of season is going to continue its full steam ahead towards week 18. I I think so. I mean, I'd be shocked yeah. if it didn't. No, I, I think mean, that's what's happening. I mean, look, look at precedent. Uh I I was just heard recently they did skip a week for 9/11 and they took yeah. away the bye between the Super Bowl and the conference championship games that week. They which might happen here in this situation. But listen, Ryan Shazier was paralyzed in a game and they finished the game. Uh, that game was in prime time too, as I recall. So Awful. the players move on and yeah, I, 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 I don't think there's an easy way to do this. And also to, is it going to be, hopefully it'll be better in two weeks, but I don't know if that time is going to make a huge difference, especially for the bills. 
Yes. I mean, the first and foremost, like, how do you take the field again if you if you have a teammate who's still in an ICU? And you bring up Ryan Shazier. We uh, we have, unfortunately, these other examples yeah. of guys who were still in in critical condition and the teams went on and continued to play. But it seems like the players are almost asking for a pause right now, right? Yeah. They're asking for this to be different. Like, hey, maybe that was a mistake before when we just kept going and maybe that's not the right way now. Yeah. That's why, to me, canceling this game has always been and seemed like the best option. Canceling the the Patriots game or canceling the Bengals game? Canceling the Bengals game. Yeah. Canceling Bill's Bengals. Yeah, just, okay, right, right. Not trying to play it again at a later date. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, there's, you know, all the different machinations of, all right, do you push back the, you know, you have the Bills and the Bengals play week, uh, the first week of the wild card with just all the other NFC teams, and then you have the AFC teams play the next week. I, I mean, these are ideas fine it just seems like they're all very complicated when there seems like an easy solution which is just cancel the game cancel the game so but you know what that would probably mean is kansas city would be the number one seed their big favorites this weekend against the raiders they get one buffalo gets two cincinnati gets three uh so i do think you know again this is for you like does that bother you as a fan that you lose the opportunity to be number one i mean no, I, you can't because if you're going to weigh it, there's just no comparison, right, of the emotional toll, the psychological toll of it. I think that all takes precedent here. And for once, I think with the NFL, it's actually taking precedent where people are thinking about the human the human part of this and not just the business aspect of it. Uh, there is another thought here where, and I believe this was Mike Florio, so I want to give credit to Pro Football Talk here, where you would have the Bills and the Bengals game canceled and then play out week 18. You do the playoff seeding just by winning percentage, yet the AFC championship game, no matter what, because ultimately Kansas City would sort of get the one seed kind of like de facto. They still have to beat the Raiders, but they would get it. Make the AFC championship game on a neutral field, no matter who's playing in it. Ooh, that seems tough to me because... That means you're taking away an AFC championship game from Arrowhead Stadium, which is one of the great locales in, in America. Sure. It, I, I don't know. It's it's such a classic. Oh, nobody said it's fair. No, no. no one I, said it's, it's, not even fa- it's not even fair. It, it seems a shame. And same with Buffalo. These incredibly unique American places, a playoff game at Arrowhead, to just play the game in Detroit. I, I, I totally – actually, it's probably more fair to play the game in Detroit – but it feels like something is lost there too. And I a Kansas City fans could say, well, that's not fair because Buffalo might have lost that game to Cincinnati, then we would have gotten the number one seed anyway. I right. just think of how special it is the I'm for some reason and again, these uh, I'll say these things are not important compared to the health of DeMar Hamlin. But how special it is to have the barbecue wafting all over Kansas City and everything that happens there. And if the game was in Buffalo to have the Bills Mafia jumping around, I I've if it feels like we were, we'd be missing something, something really important to the NFL playoff experience to take that away. Yeah, I I get it. The sights and sounds and the idea about earning, you know, that sort of home field advantage. But I think everything gets is all thrown up in the yeah, air right new now. New rules, right? That's a it's a and, great point. Yeah, and everything sort of just gets thrown out. And I think if you make that determination beforehand, so even if it ends up being 
you know, I'm not even looking at the seating, but like say it ends up being Ravens, you know, Dolphins or something. And the AFC Championship game, it won't be, but no matter what, you know, it's being played on a neutral field. It's oh, like that's just. Oh, I was just. No, well, I think Florio's idea was only if it's the Bills and the Chiefs. Only if it's Kansas City? Yeah. I think otherwise you can you can make it anywhere. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. no, not only if it's Kansas City, only if it's the Bills and the Chiefs, those two teams. But yeah, I guess it's, you'd have to consider the Cincinnati. Bengals. The yeah, Bengals I, are technically still alive for the number one overall seed before good this point. happened. That's a good point. And I, I think the game would probably, I don't know why, it'd be in Detroit, right? Isn't that where all the games go? <laughs> this, this is, yeah, this is the Buffalo Bills' second home. Is Detroit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which almost gives them an advantage. <laughs> By the way, just from a football standpoint, I think an indoor game against KC would not, not be bad for Buffalo. <laughs> You've always said play like an indoor team. <laughs> Or for Kansas City, for that matter. But Kansas I mean, City seems to be used to that. Yeah, they, it's funny. Kansas City seems to play okay in those cold games. Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be a, a mess. I, honestly, I if Maggie, if I was the commissioner, I yeah. think I would say that game is going to be a forfeiture by both teams. It's not going to count Cincinnati Buffalo on Monday night, and just play out the rest of the season. They're going to have less games. Kansas City's the one seed, likely Buffalo's the two seed. Cincinnati's a three seed, and unfortunately, Buffalo's going to, if they advance to the conference title game, is going to have to go to Kansas City, which, and by the way, in normal circumstances, is a disadvantage, but I mean, I don't think anybody's counting out the Bills in any stadium, so I think it would still be a great game. I do, too, and I also, there's a part of this, just going back to Monday night and the horrific scene and just how intense that was for everybody who was experiencing it, us on the outside, not nearly as much as DeMar Hamlin himself and the players who were there on the field witnessing him being resuscitated. But the idea of going back there and just picking it up again and playing terrible, like there, there's something about that that doesn't seem right. I, you know, and that's not a disrespect to the Cincinnati, the, the Bengals fans. Everyone handled this, you know, a pro, the fans were more than, you know, supportive. There was no, you know, uh, the first responders are incredible. But it just feels like that is that idea doesn't feel right to gather everybody yep. again on that field. Uh, I 100% agree on that. I would take that off the table completely. Yeah. So, I think so. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. So while we're keeping you updated on all the latest with Demar Hamlin and him again trending in a positive direction, according to the Buffalo Bills and according to family friends, and that is prayers being answered right now. And then the pivot of what would you do? What what should the NFL do about this game? And what's a good solution, if any? 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. So we've got that for you. Want to hear from you. Get involved early and often today. Later up, uh, later on on the show, we're going to talk to Chip Patterson, of course, from CBS Sports College football writer. And, of course, he's the co-host of the Cover 3 podcast. We love Chip. We'll get some college football into the show today. And also up next, with eight, Week 18 appears to be on track. Could we see an injured quarterback make their return we'll discuss that next and of course your phone calls it is the maggie and perloff show just getting started get on board 855-212-4227 back on maggie and perloff maggie i was looking at some possibilities of what might happen and where they'll play and where they'll move things and i was thinking to myself well if they move the playoff games don't they have to make sure that the stadiums are available and it dawned on me 
I'm almost a hundred percent certain that Highmark Stadium in Buffalo will be available no matter what, <laughs> what week they yeah. play. Yeah, I don't think they they're not booking a Taylor Swift concert in the middle of January in Buffalo, are they? Yeah, no. Consider it's an outdoor stadium. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they're uh, plucking Earth, Wind, and Fire or whatever. Yeah. It's just in the news because the drummer unfortunately passed away. But yeah, I, I don't think that they uh, are are having any big acts come through in January in Buffalo. And they're building a new stadium and they're not putting a roof on this thing. So, uh, and obviously too, it it dawned on me that they always have to move things around for playoff games. It's never going to be perfect. I remember there was an issue with Houston because they were up against, I think, the rodeo in a playoff game. So they're used to being really facile around this. Uh, So hopefully, I can't imagine what the NFL is doing right now. They're waiting to see how DeMar Hamlin is doing, first and foremost, and then they're trying to figure out these logistics. So there's a lot of work going on in the league office. Oh, definitely. And if you think about, like, say they did move um, the idea we talked about, uh, Mike Florio had floated about moving the AFC Championship game to a neutral site if the – Chiefs or Bills or Bengals are a part of it, you're going to go to a dome. They might actually have a Taylor Swift concert happening. You That's know, true. if you go to Detroit, you can use that facility all year long. So it's definitely logistically crazy. But you know what? That's just the logistics. Yeah. And ultimately, it just pales in comparison to everything else going on with Damar Hamlin. But it it feels almost a little bit okay to talk about this because we're getting positive news on Hamlin. Nobody is putting him out of our front of our mind first and foremost. Absolutely. But I do have alerts on my phone when Taylor Swift tickets become available. She will not be in Detroit. She will not be in Detroit in two weeks. Uh, so, and she didn't crash Ticketmaster again. Yeah. If anyone listening wants to give me Taylor Swift tickets for my daughters, (laughs) feel free. Uh, this has become a big issue. Maggie, when your kids get a little older, you will find out what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know it's all waiting there for me. Uh, Let's go to the phones because we want to hear from you. If you have any inspired ideas or, you know, appropriate ideas of of how the NFL should handle this. I mean, to think that the NFL is not listening to media and the fans during this time, I guarantee you that they are. 855-212-4CBS. Let's start it off with our pal Steve in Indianapolis. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I'm going to sound like an old curmudgeon here for just a second. Uh, you know, Vince Lombardi would be appalled. He would be put some dirt, rub some dirt on it, and get back out there. We've got a job to do. The kid's being taken care of. He's got the best medical care in the world. I'm not, I don't want to be dismissive of, of, of his plight. It's just terrible. But And I, I like the way it was handled. But talking about not playing next week or sitting out or forfeiting just mystifies me. Uh, you know, I went to work the day after my father and grandfather died because I had stuff to do and people that depended on me. I had a sales manager die of COVID first month. We didn't shut the business down. Everybody had work to do. We had people that depended on us. Life goes on, and in the long, grand scheme of things, when you get to be 65 and 75 and 85, you know, death that is a part of everything you do, and people need to get used to that. The people, there Steve, is adversity Steve, out there, and you overcome it. Steve, you to- overcome totally it. understand. Totally understand. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I just want to, and I understand what you're saying, and I don't think you're alone with how you're thinking. Is this the time, though, when we can ask, is that necessarily right? 
just because it's the way that we've been doing it, you've done it, I've done it, Perloff has done it, we've muscled through in times when maybe it wasn't appropriate. Maybe we should have been able to take a break and take a breath. You know, Vince Lombardi was a long time ago. We know a lot more now about how humans deal with things, and, and we all deal with it differently. And maybe that way isn't the best way, that we have to be open to that idea, right? Well, we do, but okay, but just uh, if, if you had a bank president that was murdered in a carjacking. Jeez. Then, then is everybody, <laughs> then if they suggested that all the branches close for 10 days, because how can we all get past this? We need a week off. I mean, I know, but Steve, you know, this is also entertainment. Dollar business. It's it's football. Business. It is a it is a billion dollar business, but it's also entertainment, and it's great. We we love it for that. Perloff and I, how we make our living off of this, so we know how important this is to everybody. It, of course, it is to us too. But at the end of the day, it is just a it is just a football game, and they'll find a way. And Steve, thank you for the call. We know. You're a great caller, and and we love having you as part of the the Maggie and Perloff family. I just think we got to keep our minds open that there are real people who are being affected by this, and they might not want to just muscle through it. Yeah, what's one thing Steve said that did resonate with me, especially during COVID? People would die, and like police and and medical workers had to go to work the next day. There are certain jobs, and oh, just incredible respect for that. And I I kind of that center first responders. Was, yeah, what there was incredible, and I understand. As he was saying, fortunately, football players are not in that position. By the way, news uh, just came down, according to Stu, that they are going to play at 1 o'clock on Sunday, the Patriots and the Bills. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so they're going. Yeah. They're, they're going to go. Um, and, you know, so, as far as game planning, one thing, they've already played this year. So I know as a fact that game planning for a second time on a team is a little easier. Not that the logistics matter. Uh, and may, and hopefully that's because that there's positive news coming out of the hospital, too. I, I really hope that's why the Bills said, okay, let, let's go. Yeah. Let's go to James. He's in Sacramento. Hey, James. How you doing? Hey, we're doing well. How are you, too? I hope you guys are doing great today. Thank you. What do you have? Um, now, I'm just kind of looking at the – and, again, all prayers out to, uh, you know, Ms. Hamlin, of course um, – <clears throat> that when you look at the standings and my ESPN uh, playoff predictor won't let me go back in and add seven week 17 results, but I do believe that if the Bengals had lost to the Bills and then also lose to the Ravens, that the Ravens would have been division champs. So you have to think about that in if you're canceling a game or declaring it a tie. Oh, Definitely. I mean, the implications here are big. Again, that uh, the Bengals are, are still alive for the number one overall seed. And now we know also, according to uh, our very own Stu Kovacs and the NFL, that the Bengals and Ravens are going to play at one o'clock on Sunday. Now, what would it, the Bengals needed to either beat the Bills or beat the Ravens and they were going to win the AFC North Perloff? With it, say for example, the, if the Bengals game against the Bills just gets canceled, if they beat the Ravens, they're still going to win the division because they'll have the better winning percentage, right? No, no. If they lose to the Ravens, they'll see, yes. If they beat them, it's done. They're a game up yeah. right now. But if they lose to them, they'll end up at eleven and five, and the Ravens will be eleven and six. So if you go on winning percentage and there's no extra game with the Bills, then the Bengals win by default uh, based on winning percentage. So that's a lot to consider right there. 
I, I think the, the neatest solution would be for the Bengals to win this game on Sunday. And, if, you know, the funny thing about that game is we don't know who's playing quarterback for the Ravens, so it's really hard to even get, wrap your head around that game. Imagine, right, where John Harbaugh saying we're not, we don't have an update, at least as to right now, maybe we'll get one later today, about whether or not Lamar Jackson's going to play in this game. And it's a completely different team with Lamar Jackson well, and Huntley. And John Harbaugh could call the NFL and say, hey, are you going to play this if, if you're going to just not count the Bengals-Bills game, then we're not playing for anything because we can't win the division anyway, so I'm going to rest Lamar another week. So there's actually a competitive reason there, too. I, and who knows? I, there might be wild card position. There's so many moving pieces. But I think that's a legit call from the Ravens. Say, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, they need to know. Let's go to Charlie. He is in South Carolina. Hey, Charlie. Hey, guys. Love the show. Just a couple of things. Um, obviously, you know, what happened was tragic, but don't you think if if uh, if uh, Demar could actually talk, don't you think he would actually say, "Hey, you guys go back to that field, you go whip their butts for me, and let's get this thing done." I don't understand the in, in, like the how it's insensitive to go back to where he got injured, because from all I heard about this kid is what a competitor he was, yeah. and when guys do get injured, like where they can't speak, what's the first thing they say? Go back. Let's get this job done. That's one thing I had. And also, what's the implications of moving it to week 19? So move the playoffs. Let's take the, let's take the second part first. Um, okay. And thank you for the call, Charlie. So move the playoffs, everything back. So take like a week 19, push it back, and have the Bengals and the Bills play and then start the wild card weekend the next weekend? Do you think that's what he's talking about? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Again, wait, start the NFC playoffs and then just do that one AFC game, then push the whole AFC playoffs back? Wow. that That's another one, too. That's a possibility. Okay, I thought, I don't know. It's getting, that part's getting confusing. By the way, that idea that um, DeMar would want them to play, wouldn't it be great if he, uh, hoping that he regains consciousness and could give that speech to the team and it could be a positive inspiration for the team, that would be the best-case scenario. Of course. The one thing I want to leave room here, though, is that life's not a movie, you know? And and sometimes you don't know how people are going to respond. It'd be speculative. Even though I get where Charlie's coming from, DeMar Hamlin, fighter, we chronicled yesterday, what an incredible guy he is and and brother to his young... um, sibling and his relationship with his parents, his relationship to McKee's Rock in Pittsburgh, how he always is giving back. He seems like an excellent person, but it's presumptuous to say that's what he would want, right? I mean, he's had a, a near-death experience on the field. I feel like I, I wouldn't want to speculate on what he would want the team to do. Oh, I, I don't think that's a huge leap to say that he would want the team to go out there and kick ass i mean that, that of but course go back to the field i mean that's oh that that the wrapped detail. up in right, a right, lot right. of the, the traumatic details. feelings but yeah. um uh and again hoping that he does regain consciousness uh soon i'm sure he is going to be the biggest bills fan in the world i mean i you got the sense that there was i mean you know how some guys you don't know if they're about the team or team first he seemed as team first as you get no i i think maggie that that's not too big a leap to say he will want his team to go out there and compete and and win football games because you could just tell that that's what he was all about. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is best case scenario. I would love to see that speech someday. I mean, that would be what we all were really, really hoping for.
Yeah. Uh, okay. We have to take a quick time out. We see you guys on the phones. We will not forget about you. We want to hear what you have to say, ideas for what the NFL should do here. Uh, everyone's trying to figure this out in real time. You can also find us on Twitter at Maggie and Pearl. This is a good way to get in contact with the show. Instagram, Maggie and Pearl off, and YouTube details to come. Uh, coming up next, Chip Patterson is going to join us. CBS Sports college football writer we're going to get into a little of what's going on in the college landscape right now with the national championship game coming up on monday that to do back on maggie and perloff we see you there on the phone lines talking about what the nfl is going to do next about the afc schedule and playoff picture but we're also getting really really excited for georgia tcu so we really want to talk to our friend chip patterson cbs Sports college football writer, co-host of the excellent Cover 3 podcast. And we're going to talk about the national title game. But Chip, I read your story on Monday, and everyone in here is talking about, is Jim Harbaugh going to stay at Michigan? Fill us in. What's going on there? (laughs) That's what we need first, Chip. Well, I mean, it's what we let off today's Cover 3 podcast with. So, like, you're not... You're not straying too far from where we we need to be right now. Because we're nailing the lead, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how, how quickly did this accelerate? It was the Saturday night. They lose in crushing fashion with two pick sixes and a game that was decided by five points. Then on Sunday, NFL.com, with, it comes out with a report saying that teams are doing their homework. You come around on Monday, and, um, you know, the athletics, Bruce Feldman, is able to say that sources close to Harbaugh believe he would take a job if offered, quote, done deal being used in that story. And then even since then, on Tuesday, we've got the report that Panther, Carolina Panthers under David Tepper has had conversations, not an interview, but at least conversations with Jim Harbaugh uh, about the future. And, like, the fact that we went from, uh, you know, Michigan trying to roar back from early mistakes you know, to play for the national championship to really questioning both, A, whether Jim Harbaugh is going to be the head coach in 2023, and, B, like, already being like, okay, so what would Michigan do if not – is, is really shows you how quickly things can move, you know, here in the modern era. Here's my thought that Jim Harbaugh uh, wants to take a job with a list of not demands, but at least circumstances. You know, we think about the way that things ended with the San Francisco 49ers. There was reportedly a little bit of friction with the general manager there, you know, personnel <laughs> yeah. decision-making, being able to be in control like Jim Harbaugh is at the University of Michigan but of an NFL franchise. And so that's where I wonder, you know, whether these turn into interviews, whether these are just exploratory conversations. I wonder if the NFL is even, there's a franchise that would potentially offer him that kind of total control. If there is one, it's probably the Colts. Jim Irsay is a wild card. He has his own obvious history with the franchise. But that's kind of where I am, that if somebody comes, and offers him the moon, total control of an NFL franchise, all personnel decisions, this out of the other, then, yeah, he might end up somewhere else. But the, the realist in me says, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. So that is what would bring Michigan, bring him back to Michigan for 2023 and beyond. Really, there's so many tentacles on this, Chip. I mean, so many. Would this be viewed, do you think, by the Michigan faithful as Harbaugh, like, sort of leaving on top, I know it wouldn't be with a national championship, but back-to-back college football playoff appearances, or is this going to be looked at as, hey, like, we're finally here, and now you're abandoning the program. How do you think it would be received? 
Yeah, I'm. I don't have my PhD in Seinfeld, but would this count as a Costanza? <laughs> if he went out with back to back Ohio wins, Vegas Ohio exit, back to back. Yeah, yeah. Just like, hey, well, you know what? This is this is okay. I I think that there would be a lot of hurt, and it's specifically because of this. He told the Detroit Free Press after after interviewing with the Minnesota Vikings on National Signing Day. And I want to like repeat that again: that on National Signing Day in February of 2022. The University of Michigan head coach coming off a Big Ten title went and interviewed for another job. He wasn't at the podium talking about these 25 guys with five-star hearts. He was interviewing for an NFL job. When he came back, you know, he told the school, he told the Detroit Free Press, he said, this is not going to be a, a, regular, a year-to-year regular occurrence. And so the fact that we're back here one year <laughs> later, very much looking like a regular occurrence, you know, if, if he does end up leaving, I think there would be some – hurt feelings but undeniably there would also be a a segment of the of the fan base that would say okay you know he guided us out of the the rich rod brady hoke just woes and was able to level michigan up in a very significant way if jim harbaugh leaves he's affected that program in a positive way big time he has made michigan and not fall behind as the big 10 continues to expand and continues to become a much stronger football conference. And, of course, he delivered those wins against Ohio State. So then I think the Michigan fan would be able to, yes, have some hurt feelings because of what he himself had said one year ago after interviewing with the Vikings. But there would be some gratitude for what he's been able to do considering the work of his predecessors. We're talking to Chip Patterson, CBS Sports College football writer, co-host of the Cover 3 podcast. All right, transfer portal still going on, Chip. Do you expect... Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman to end up at Notre Dame. I do expect that. I would be surprised if he ended, ended up elsewhere. And if he does end up elsewhere, I think that's a, that's a missed opportunity um, for Notre Dame because while uh, Tyler Buckner showed you some good in his bowl game performance, he also showed you some bad. The real Tyler Buckner gives and takes away uh, in that bowl game against South Carolina. I think that if you bring in you know, Sam Hartman, then you've created some real competition there and you've created the potential for Notre Dame to field you know, a real viable and sort of dangerous passing attack for the first time in some years. And Notre Dame has developed a, a great identity of being able to win with bruising offensive line, ground game, tight end, playing good defense. But one thing that is, has made that team fall short has been a real difference maker in terms of throwing the ball down the field, and I think Sam Hartman is that. Uh, I, I would, I'm expecting that to be the case. But that's not based on any reporting. That's just, you know, based on the same kind of barroom bets that we make as college football fans with uh, with all of the uncertainty surrounding some of the uh, transfers these days. Chip, would it turn Notre Dame into a college football playoff contender? Not alone, because I know that they've addressed the wide receiver position as well. But they, I mean, they just didn't have real difference makers at wide receiver. They lose Avery Davis going into the season, and you know, Matthew Mayer was just such a huge part of that. That yeah. when you know when Sam Hartman entered the transfer portal, I was like, "Well, does he know that he's getting a downgrade in wide receivers?" Because I would argue that Wake Forest had wide receivers that were better than Notre Dame's last year. So there's there's still more work to be done before I'm ready to level Notre Dame up from the very very high floor that uh, that program has to being able to talk about a ceiling that includes college football playoff contender, uh, especially in the 14 model. 
Chip, it feels like we're sort of in the first wave of the transfer portal. It's all almost kind of winding down this first uh, set of dates that the transfer portal is open. Then there's another one in the spring. Is there any major program that at some point might dip into the transfer portal at quarterback that we hadn't thought about? I mean, major like top 10, top 15 kind of team. So I, I got to work in reverse here because Grayson McCall was undoubtedly yeah. one of the top players talent-wise. He ends up pulling his name out of the transfer portal. I I wouldn't say that there's he's totally in for Tim Beck in Coastal Carolina in 2023. That's a name that could pop back up. Uh, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State is in the transfer portal. I'm not sure if that's not another name that might like go back but then pop back in. Um, we're seeing a lot of a lot of I think uh, Austin Aoun from North Texas is another one. We're starting to see some of these quarterbacks. Uh, put their name in the transfer portal, and then for a multitude of reasons, pull them out. And that's what's really led me to believe that, you know, a Grayson McCall, a Spencer Sanders, an Austin Aoun, if we see an injury, how about this? If we see an injury in spring practice at the quarterback position at a, at a major uh, power program, then I think that all of a sudden the, the demand for one of those types of players is really going to ratchet up. I've also got my eyes on Brendan Armstrong, the former Virginia quarterback, so, so productive in 2021. And so for, for the program side of this, like is Florida happy with Graham Mertz? Is Notre Dame able to bring in Sam Hartman? Uh, NC State, are you ready to hand it over to MJ Morris or are you looking to get somebody in Oklahoma State if you are going to lose Spencer Sanders? Who are you going to go get? The, in terms of the quarterback position, those are sort of the, the, the players that are left. I think that everybody else seems to be settled but I one of these former blue chippers loses a battle in spring practice you know jumps into the transfer portal things could change very very quickly yeah when Perloff and I were talking about Bama before the show you know and Milrow is great but would they possibly make a move as well Chip Patterson is our guest all right Chip looking ahead to Monday night's national championship game I mean you're talking to a very pro TCU at least one half of the show been stumping for TCU all season long. They're an easy cause to get behind, and now I feel vindicated that they made it all the way to the college football national championship game. But are you giving them a real shot against Georgia? Georgia has to fall back to the pack, right? Like Georgia's A game is undoubtedly better than TCU's A game, but there are areas where TCU can uh, flip this and narrow the gap. You know, Georgia's secondary uh, – like, I, I, think, I think about Georgia secondary has to bring bodies to the ground. That's like my, my take is that, you know, if you go into that game without any, uh, with any slipping and focus, with any slipping and execution, TCU, because of its playmakers, whether it's Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, uh, Tay Barber, like they, they are one missed tackle away from a touchdown. Quentin Johnson had like 163 receiving yards against Michigan. 111 was after the catch. Like, that's how important it is to be able to put two arms around these TCU skill players and bring them all the way to the ground because if they spin out of your weak effort, then you are going to be looking up at the scoreboard at the Horn Frogs celebrating. So um, you know, any lack of attention or execution on the back end of the defense when it comes to open field tackling is so fundamental, but it also seems like one thing where if you're Georgia, the reigning champs flying high, where, like, if Georgia does that, then they fall back to TCU. They give TCU a chance. I would take Max Duggan over Stetson Bennett, even knowing Stetson Bennett just dropped it into A.D. Mitchell, 
for the game-winning touchdown against Ohio State. Stetson doing it once again on the big stage. But I have also seen Max Duggan win some wars. And he has, like, undergone a physical beating uh, that makes him unafraid of what George is going to present. Uh, and then finally, I think that it's notable that TCU did a really good job against Michigan's run game. I thought that that was one thing that um, was going to be a reason why Michigan was going to be able to control the Fiesta Bowl and ultimately was one of the reasons they did not is that that offensive line, which had won the Joe Moore Award two years in a row, was not able to push around Joe Gillespie's three three five defense, I think, like I and a lot of other people expected. So can TCU do that again be really stout and strong against Georgia's ground game because then you start to make things a little bit more difficult for the Georgia offense. So, all right, Chip. So what do you guys got planned real quick for the cover three podcast? When are the picks? Are you guys going to be live all through the weekend? What's going on? Because I Is love Danny Cannell going to be at a holiday party in yeah. Utah and then yeah. come in and out of the podcast? <laughs> yes. Yes, I asked if we asked if he had gotten any blowback from that. He said only from the people <laughs> at the party. Only from the people at the party he was skipping. I love getting, getting a little drop in from DK. So uh, tomorrow's like our big wall-to-wall preview. Okay. With our, yes, our best bets, our matchups to watch. Uh, YouTube.com/slash/cover three at 11 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to join us live, of course you can get it wherever you get your podcast. And then I'll be traveling to Los Angeles on Friday. And I'll have gear with me, so like I'll be, I'll be I'll be nearby for our instant reaction show Monday night and ready to to fire up into action on Saturday or Sunday if needed. Uh, if you want to see the, if we end up needing to see those sirens in your feed, so, uh, <laughs> you, you know, like ready to go at a, at all times. As awesome, well. thank you, Chip. Chip. Really appreciate it. Thank you Sounds so good. much, Y'all Chip Patterson. Well college football writer enjoy the game we'll talk to you on the other side uh and obviously co-host of the cover three podcast which we really like all right coming back see you guys on the phones we're asking for your thoughts your opinions on what the nfl should do how should they proceed in light of the demar hamlin injury how do you continue with the season we'll get to your phone calls and your thoughts we'll give you ours as well don't move more maggie and pearl off straight ahead 